Spider-Man Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches thieves just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man on this episode of Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hi, I'm Tim, and today I'm joined by... Travis. And John Dodson. And today we're going to review the not-so-current Marvel-Sony joint Spider-Man Far From Home. You gonna be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. What? I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work. Because I am going on vacation. Spider-Man Far From Home is the follow-up to Avengers Endgame and shows Peter and his friends' lives after being brought back from the snap, or as they're calling it in this movie, the blip, and introduces a new mysterious character who claims to be from another Earth. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh, I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact. All right. So uh, first off, we're going to start with some spoiler-free thoughts. Just um, how do we feel about this as a follow-up to Spider-Man Homecoming? John, why don't you kick us off? I think my first thought here is that it's actually not follow-up to Spider-Man Homecoming. Now, yes, the character Spider-Man was in Homecoming, and this is the other Spider-Man movie after Homecoming. But one thing I'm noticing about Marvel films now is it's a it's a follow-up and an MCU film first, and then a character film after that. So I don't mean that they don't focus on characters, I just mean, and this is something that I heard you know, Jeff Kanata preach on the Slash Filmcast, which is an amazing film podcast. And I actually agree with him. I think that these movies now are MCU movies first. They continue the MCU storyline and then they're about the character. And so which I don't think is a bad thing anymore, because frankly, I think that's why this movie pushed a billion dollars worldwide is because it was a follow up to Infinity War. Now, I'm not knocking the film. This is not a subtle jab at the movie. The movie's good. And to its credit, it lowers the stakes, right? It's just a film about Spider-Man wanting to be a kid and have a summer vacation. And it's amazing in that way. And I think it's really good. Or Spider-Man dealing with, you know, the events of Endgame. And by the way, spoilers for Endgame. Is it cool we spoil Endgame in the spoiler-free Homecoming thoughts? Is that okay? Yeah, I guess I the Blu-ray so. is out now, yeah. so I think we're fine. Yeah, so I'm going to spoil Endgame, but Tony Stark dies, and Spider-Man Far From Home, he has to deal with that. I mean, that's not a spoiler to say that he has to deal with that. I mean, you know, Tony Stark is the Uncle Ben proxy in this movie, so in this franchise, so that's what continues on. And I think in those ways, it's really good. It was a solid film. It's got, it was funny. It was interesting. I think Spider-Monkey is my favorite new MCU character. Uh, or was it Black Night Monkey? That was uh, Night, Monkey. Night Monkey. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Night Monkey is fun. When I was so I went to go see this with my two, um, two my my two sisters, and <laughs> I made them a deal before I said, "Listen, are we on board with when 
um, Tom Holland takes a shirt off that we're all going to like scream really loudly in the theater. And they said yes. And so there's a scene in the movie where he almost takes his shirt off and we look at each other and we're getting ready to just scream in the theater like, yeah. And then he stops, which was a huge disappointment. And then he finally the finally the gun show comes out and we just screamed and the entire theater erupted with laughter. Uh, and that was an amazing um, feeling to make people laugh. And it's actually had a pretty <laughs> it's actually had a pretty like um, serious kind of scene. But, you know, it's, it was, we, we had a lot of fun. And so I would say that it's really great if you were really curious what happens after Avengers Endgame. This is the follow up. And if you really like that Spider-Man character, um, this is a really good movie and it kind of brings things forward. It brings the MCU forward. And I really liked it for that. So uh, very I, I, I have very positive thoughts about Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, it's uh, it's it has double duty as a follow up to Spider-Man Homecoming and Avengers Endgame, because obviously they're dealing with 50 percent of the population suddenly being back. And they're also it's the first time you've seen these characters most of them since homecoming and so it's yeah it's pulling double duty in that way but i think it did a good job with both it was kind of the catharsis that we needed after infinity war and endgame because it's the showing how these characters deal with what happened kind of as we're dealing with what happened it was very shortly after endgame and i think you know it is a huge cultural event and we saw tony stark die and captain america age out in a very weird time travel way and it's kind of the fans are saying goodbye to this era and so is peter in in a way so it, it kind of felt right in that way but you know just in terms of the plot of the movie i thought mysterio was a fantastic character um Loved him. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, seriously. Like, wow. That he just he gives it a really fun go here and very yeah. cool. Very cool performance. Um one there was one thing that I did not like throughout the movie that I can't tell you what it is, but I can tell you that when I left the theater I was okay with it. <laughs> we'll get more into that in the spoiler reviews. <laughs> if you're listening to this before you watch it, just know that if you're annoyed by something, somebody seems to be acting weird, then you're going to be okay. Um, but no, like overall it was fantastic. Um, seeing Sam Jackson and, uh, Colby smolders back in a Marvel movie for more than just like five or six seconds. Uh, they, I think with where we are in the MCU, we need more of them. And I think we're probably going to get more of them. Um, but yeah, spoiler free thoughts. That's all I got. Yeah, so like you guys, I definitely feel like this movie was by far more of a sequel to Endgame than it was Homecoming. Not that it's, you know, not continuing Peter's story and his his friends that were introduced in home, uh, Homecoming. But um, yeah, it just the events from Endgame weighed very heavily on this movie. And I, I would say more than any other MC movie up to this point, it would be very difficult to try and watch this without having knowledge of what happened in Endgame specifically not even just the the previous Marvel movies it would uh it would not make a lot of sense you know all the other MC movies you can kind of like it obviously if you haven't seen the ones before it you're gonna miss references and stuff like that but they more or less kind of stand alone and you can follow along with what's going on I don't think you could do that with this one this one uh 
definitely requires you to be involved in the MCU franchise, which right, based I think, on how many people see these movies is probably not a hard thing. Right. Based on the references and things that they call out in the story, I believe required viewing for this movie is the first Iron Man, the uh, which is a really f- fun spoiler reference. We'll talk about in spoilers. The first fire, the first Iron Man, Civil War, Infinity War, Endgame and Spider-Man Homecoming and Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. That's right. So yeah. th- I believe to understand what's going on, you need to watch all those movies. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's quite a list, you know. <laughs> so definitely seems like there's shifting gears here and making movies that are a little less standalone. They kind of assume that the audience is familiar with the events that have gone on in the other movies. Well, uh, we'll see how that works out moving forward. So far, it seems to be doing them pretty well based on the uh, billion dollars that Spider-Man brought in. Hey there, this is Travis from Truthful Ghost Radio, and thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we're doing here and want to help support us, I encourage you to head over to Truthful Ghost and click the little heart at the top of the page. You can help us fund the important work of this podcast and Truthful Ghost by supporting us on Patreon, which is a site for funding the things you love. If you fund us at a member level, you get awesome benefits, so head over to TruthfulGhost.com, find what funding level works for you, and support Truthful Ghost on Patreon today. All right, so this is your official spoiler warning. From here on out, we are going to be talking heavy spoilers for Spider-Man Homecoming. Brace yourself. And let's start off with uh, Travis. You clearly had something you wanted to get off your chest in a spoiler-free review. I think I know where you're going with this. Go for it. I was so pissed off at Nick Fury, or not Nick Fury, but the way they wrote Nick Fury. (laughs) because he was like being a moron and getting uh, fooled by things he shouldn't and being more of a jerk than he should. And then I realized, well, that's not freaking Nick Fury at all. That's a scroll. Nope. That's Ben Mendelsohn's character. (laughs) That was such a freaking bait and switch. And I loved it. I love being fooled like that. Like finding out in the mid credit scene that Sam Jackson is, or Nick Fury is way out in the middle of space. And I'm wondering if they're introducing sword with this. Um, That's kind of, how agents of sword started to be the protectors in space versus the protectors on earth. Oh my God. It's not a shield. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's hilarious. Um, You know, I think that it serves two purposes having Nick Fury be actually in space and then having a scroll play him. One is it means that the writers of this film can get away with having people be stupid um, and then have the whole premise of the film more credibly. Yeah. And then yeah. secondly, which they're not that stupid, but you know what I mean, right? They've yeah. been around the block. They should they should understand. I mean, they, they, yeah. Nick, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nick Fury should have seen the the twist coming. He shouldn't have believed that this was an alternate Earth person, you know. Exactly. And then like, uh, being Peter so like, quick away. to have Peter reveal his identity to everybody in, in that room to be like, ah, just take off your mask. Yeah, <laughs> you I know? think one of the, you know, this. So let's talk about some of the big beats here. So what happens in the beginning is they explain, you know, how it happened and the snap and um, then they talk or the about blip. the blip. Exactly. <laughs> Which I, kinda, I hate that name. Just call it the snap. Come on. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. 
So, um, well, I think, you know, the blip doesn't take, it, it sort of takes Thanos out of it. You know what I mean? Um, so you don't have to think about Thanos. You just think, well, you know, you think about people and them being displaced and them coming back and that kind of thing. But, um, and then what happens is Jake Gyllenhaal's introduced in the movie as a helper. He's working with, um, Nick Fury and they're trying to fight these, you know, these elemental bad guys or whatnot. And then it kind of ramps up till Peter, was like, oh, he's the next Iron Man. I don't want to be an Iron Man. I want to be a normal kid. And then Peter, you know, uh, what happens in the in in, in uh, is in Endgame and Infinity War. Tony has these glasses that Friday um, uh, he can talk to Friday on, and he can, can control like all of his satellites and ships, and you know, like his uh, suits and all that kind of thing. And so he gives them to Peter in uh, Far From Home. And Peter doesn't want to take on the mantle, doesn't want to have all that responsibility, just wants to be a normal high school kid, can totally understand that. And he gives it to Mysterio, thinking that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be the next Iron Man because he's more regal. He's an adult. He seems, you know, like he's what the world needs. You find out, spoiler alert, that we're clearly in spoilers. Travis, you want to talk about that turn there? Yeah, we find out that um, he was... A former employee of Tony Stark and like this whole thing is he's been pulling in people who are pissed off at the way Tony Stark has handled things and just like basically trying to get control of everything that uh, Stark Enterprises like a lot of their tech and use that to essentially take it all back. Absolutely. And that was just, that was I, like I knew who Mysterio was like I knew that he used illusions to fool people. But the way they worked it into this story, I thought was great. And I think if I didn't know he was a bad guy, that would have been a really good twist. It would have been. And I was yeah. on the Internet and everyone was like, what are the people that make this movie make us think that we don't know that Mysterio is the bad guy? And it's like, well, I guess I didn't until you told me. And then I went with my sisters and I'm like, so, you know, about the movie, you know, what? And they're like, they said they didn't. So I didn't explain it to them. And so the twist for them was real. For me, it was not. But for them, they that was really effective. So, yeah, I think that, you know, Internet nerdery or whatnot, like every one of those nerds on, on Reddit did not know that. They just heard it from some other nerd on Reddit and now they know it. So um, it's not like everyone has a thousand zillion comic books or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, so that effect that would that turn wasn't effective for me, but it was still a really cool turn and how you know I, I think though that there are way too many aggrieved by tony stark villains out there <laughs> like, you, like <laughs> apparently this guy aggrieved everybody uh which makes sense he is kind of a narcissist uh, so can we just appreciate the fact that um j jonah jameson is back and not yes. only that but it's um jk simmons jk simmons playing the character again and um anybody who's played the spider-man ps4 video game his character in in the mcu seems like it's taking a few notes from his character in that video game because he's basically now like an alex jones radio show host kind of guy and that's exactly what he was in the game and it's freaking hilarious so i can't wait to see where jk simmons takes this right so travis is talking about the end of the movie yes. where um you know, Spider-Man sort of, I think, kills, probably doesn't, Mysterio, 
And then Mysterio sends J. Jonah Jameson, some like who's like running an InfoWars site that, you know, and then Peter Parker is unmasked and they basically unmask him and try to, you know, Mysterio tries to flip the narrative that, you know, he's a good guy and Spider-Man's a bad guy, which is kind of cool. Like it sort of, and, you know, in a lot of comic books, Spider-Man's on the outs and now he is and everyone knows who he is. And people are starting to maybe think that he's a bad guy, which he's not. But uh, I really like that. I mean, it kind of, you know, one of the, my most favorite quotes um, from one of the most prolific writers in Hollywood um, was that, you know, the writing a great narrative is essentially putting your characters up a tree and throwing rocks at them. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan said that, and I agree. And uh, Spider-Man's up that tree. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's getting the rocks and I can't wait to see where that goes. Yeah, that is going to be interesting, because uh, the one thing Peter wanted this whole time was to just, you know, have a kind of like have a normal life and the superhero side like on the side. Uh, don't know yeah. how that's going to work out now that everybody knows who he is. That's not happening anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Mr. Beck. We could have used someone like you on my world. New world? Beck is from Earth, just not ours. The snap to our home in our... All right, so uh, let's get into what we want from the MCU going forward. Uh, first off, there's a slate of new films that have been announced recently. So we know we've got Black Widow coming in 2020, The Eternals also in 2020, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings also 2020, and then in 2021, we've got Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder. Travis, what are you uh, hoping from the MCU moving forward? You know, I'm looking at this um, this list of films and, you know, Black Widow, presumably spoilers for Endgame, is going to be a prequel of sorts. Um, I certainly hope that it isn't, but it probably will be. Yeah, yeah it's probably going to be a prequel. Uh, the other ones, I... I can look through this list and think they're kind of making a bit of a break from the story that we've been with for 10 years, 11 years now. And I think that's great. Like it can't, it can never have a full clean break. That doesn't, that wouldn't make sense, but unless they were going to do a reboot, but I think that we've had essentially one giant story for 11 years. And uh, I hope for the, that they can kind of branch off and do some more smaller things or not necessarily even smaller, just less involved for a while, and then build that back up to something else. I'm, I guess uh, I'm not saying it very well, but just kind of um, shying away from these big, huge team-up movies for a while and focusing on the smaller ones with some crossover here and there would be great. Uh, the Eternals and Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings, I, I don't know anything about The Eternals and Shang-Chi except for you know, Star-Lord's dad was an Eternal, but that's literally all I know about them. <laughs> But I, I thought the same thing about Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, what the hell are they doing with this? Nobody knows who they are. But that, those are some of my favorite movies in the MCU. So I'm definitely open to whatever they make, honestly. Yeah, so we're only one movie in after Endgame. So I guess, um, you know, it's it has yet to be seen exactly how the MCU is going to move forward. But uh, I really like the idea that Endgame is kind of like a like a the closing of a chapter before it. Up to this point, every single movie has been building up to Infinity War in one way or another, if uh, not directly, at least laying the foundations for it. So it's kind of cool that, you know, Endgame is sort of like a stopping point for the story. It is the close of everything that's come before, 
And now from, uh, you know, with Spider-Man Homecoming and moving forward, it's it's all going to go in some other kind of different direction. And maybe we'll have a, a little bit of a break where they're not these big tentpole Avenger movies, but we have smaller team ups, you know, like I'm uh, I'm pretty sure they confirmed that uh, Scarlet Witch will be in the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, we know Thor Love and Thunder is going to be bringing back Valkyrie and some of the other casts that was in uh, Ragnarok as well as bring in um, characters from the earlier Thor movies. Um, the the Ten Rings is going to be kind of a callback to the villains from the first Iron Man movie. The terrorist organization that kidnapped him was the Ten Rings, so um, that's probably you know going to be bringing, at least mentioning that group from before, as well as um, the, the Mandarin that we saw, you know, uh, it's, you know, revealing the real Mandarin, not the the fake guy that they used in Iron Man 3. Uh, I do... I don't know anything about the Eternals. <laughs> I don't even... I've never read any of those comics. I've never heard of any of those characters, so I can't really comment on that one too much. John, what do you think? Kevin Feige has said that Spider-Man Far From Home ends Phase 4 of the MCU that Endgame didn't. It was Far From Home, and I thought that was marketing fluffery until I saw Far From Home and then I kind of agree, you know, it, it, clearly, it, you know, end game is the end of that. But Far From Home continues the end, I guess, <laughs> the ending point five. And I think that it means that we're going into a different direction. I think the end of end game, you know, with Nick Fury on the sh- sorry, Nick on the sorry, don't mean to annoy you, Travis, but with Nick on the um, <laughs> How are you bridge of the. Me? Because well, that's what they called him in the in the thing. They just kept calling him Nick. Or did they say Fury? I can't remember. What would what annoyed you? What they called him that? I don't. Was it because they called him by his right, first right, name? right? Yeah, I didn't say that in the episode. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, going back to that, they were like Maria Hill kept calling him Nick the whole time in right. Spider Man Home, home uh, Far From Home. After he said in Captain Marvel, nobody ever calls me Nick. Like this is so stupid. Why are they doing this? This is easy continuity. I wonder if that was on purpose to, to like be. give you a hint. It was. It had like, to something's yeah. off. Something's not right. You yeah, know? it is because there yeah. the, the references they put in like are are pretty. Yeah. So so I think it's it's going to go into space. I think space is this next phase of the MCU. Just think about it. The Eternals space stuff. Shang Chi and the Ten Rings. I don't know, maybe it's going to open up the space stuff, multiverse, Doctor Strange in the multiverse, it's space, multiverse stuff, Thor, Love, Thunder, Thunder, clearly space, Guardians 3, whenever that comes, is going to be space and that kind of thing. And then I think what they're looking at is the TV shows are going to be like continuing the characters you like on Earth and that kind of thing. So I think that that's going to kind of be how, you know, the MCU moves forward. The Black Widow movie, no interest in seeing. I don't I don't know if I care about a prequel it, it, her character's cool. It's just what's the stakes in a prequel? You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, this movie could be bananas, rad. But if it's just a spy movie, I just don't know if I care. With a character you know is dead or something, I just don't get it. Um, the other movies look cool. I, I don't know. I'm open. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, those are my thoughts that um, we're heading to space. Uh, And we're heading into a multiverse of weird stuff, and I am in. Agreed. So you kind of mentioned the TV shows. So, uh, so far, the the shows that have been announced is we've got The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki, What If, and Hawkeye. 
all of which are going to supposed to be coming out in the next two years, most of them in uh, 2021. What, uh, what do we think about these new TV shows? What are we hoping from them? John, why don't you start off with this one? So they're going to be on Disney Plus, which I'm going to get because it's going to primarily because it's going to have the new Star Wars show. And the weird thing about that is Disney Plus is launching, I believe, in November with the Star Wars, the new Star Wars show, The Mandalorian, which means the next Star Wars thing we're going to get August, September, October, three months before the next Star Wars film. So that's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think after that, it's going to be a contest of is there something on the Disney Plus app that I want to keep watching? And if that's the case, then I'll continue buying it. If that's not the case, then I'm not going to continue with my membership. So it really just depends unless they offer an ultra low yearly fee thing, which they already are going to do. So I'll probably suck around and just buy that. But I think. If you look at and I've read articles about all the content coming to Disney Plus at launch, it's actually not a lot. Uh, it's basically all the Star Wars movies, um, not all the MCU films. So apparently there's some rights issues that they've like, sold the rights, you know, to broadcast on the cable or something like that. So it's not all of them yet. Um, and it's a fair amount of Disney content and that kind of thing for kids. But I think what's going to keep people into watch these TV shows is do I still have a Disney Plus membership? For me, I'm not drawn to any of these shows necessarily, but if they are good, I'll keep my membership. If they're not good, then I'll wait for another one, watch it, you know, that kind of thing. So so I think for Disney, what the think like, I guess I'm not even going to talk about if I'm interested in the shows. What I'll say is if Disney Plus can keep adding stuff to keep me interested in watching it, I'll keep my subscription. And if they can't do that, I won't. I just because I like these characters doesn't mean I'm interested in watching a show with them. It could be terrible. You know what I mean? Um, so I'm I'm cautiously optimistic and I'm in if they're great. If they're not great, there are so many other things to watch uh, and partake in. I'll just do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I like what Netflix did, but they were not you know, that wasn't Disney producing that. That was Netflix producing um, that those MCU films with the Punisher and that kind of thing. These are not going to be as dark, possibly. So, but I I'm interested. I doubt they will be. I mean, I WandaVision know, yeah. might be, you know, but Loki seems like it might be kind of a comedy or something. So again, I, which I'm in, if they're good, I'll watch them, you know, um, and that'll be up to Disney to see if I keep that subscription or not. All right. What about you, Travis? I think uh, my, the one I'm most looking forward to is what if I love those comics when I was a yes. kid, like what if the Hulk had killed Wolverine and stuff like that? It was, it was great. Um, a lot of things they could deal with there. And if they wanted to, they could tie that into the whole multiverse thing and say that because of all the time travel shenanigans, this happened in this universe. <laughs> they absolutely will. And one of the cool things about what if too, that I thought was neat was that they're going to bring the character, like the original actors back for the voices of those characters too. So if they do a Hulk thing, they're going to try to get, um, the voice and you know, nice. the character actor that played Mark Ruffalo to do the Hulk in there. And they can, cause they're Disney, you know? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, like the, I think I pretty much like what you said, John, I, there's a lot of TV shows to, to announce that are coming out within a single year, basically. And, um, that's kind of a big commitment to say, yes, I'm going to watch all these. I'll try all of them. I'll say that. Um, I'm not really sure where some of them can go, but at the same time, it seems like they have 
the characters kind of spread out into series that could go in entirely different ways. So it could be, you know, different kinds of stuff for each show, which is good if they can keep that variety going and keep the quality up. But yeah, I'll try them all out. Like you said, I'll probably have that Disney plus subscription because of the few star Wars shows we already know about. So I'll check it out. Yeah. I'm probably going to be stuck with the uh, Disney plus account for a long time because I have kids (laughs) and there's going to be a lot of kids content on there. Oh yeah. That, uh, there they'll, my children will be putting to good use and there's stuff on there that I'm interested in. If you look at everything that's actually launching is not as much stuff as you would think. It's actually going to launch with less than you would expect. The thinking though, is that over the next year, as the rights revert back to Disney to exclusively stream it, they're going to add that content there. So it's not going to be like a box set of all the Avengers movies or, you know, MCU movies. This is going to be like a lot of them. So yeah, I mean, I think over time it's going to get even better, but you know, yeah, I mean, Netflix has will have way more for a while. Um, but yeah, I think it'll get better over time. No question about that. Yeah. So of the the TV shows that have been announced, um, I guess the one that I'm looking forward to the most is the what if. And I really hope that they uh, take full advantage of that and explore some like, you know, interesting concepts like uh, what if, uh, you know, Captain America decided to sign the Sokovia Accords. Like, how would events played out differently? Or what if, um, you know, let's see, what would be some other good ones? <clears throat> what if they did put a suit of armor around the world and that actually worked? What if Tony Stark actually <laughs> yeah. got his way and Ultron, what if Ultron actually worked? worked? Yeah, what if Ultron exactly. actually worked? <laughs> what if Star Lord hadn't been a jerk and... What if Star Lord never punched Thanos? Yeah, Yeah. right. I think I'm really interested what would happen if Ultron worked, because that's yes, Tony Stark's biggest gripe in Endgame that I was right. But he wasn't, obviously. But he yeah, that went horribly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because clearly Vision was not you know, the solution to kill Thanos. <laughs> in yeah. fact, Vision got his butt kicked a lot in Infinity War, like way more than I believe his power level would indicate. They just magically had a weapon that could kick his ass. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Convenient writing, I suppose. Yeah. I think the show that I'm most interested for is WandaVision um, because, you know, Vision's dead. <laughs> so, <laughs> huh? <laughs> that's gonna be cool yeah what is she gonna do is she gonna witch him back to life or something i have no clue maybe it's She's like a romantic comedy that takes place in the time period when she was kind of locked up in the avengers headquarters gosh i really hope we're moving <laughs> forward and not and not you know not they're all just stuff. prequels yeah but yeah i hope not i I really hope it's like she's trying to bring him back and it's kind of a weird movie about grief and moving on or maybe she does bring him back but he's less powerful i'd prequels are i don't know i they they can be fine but i think i'm more interested in moving forward and that kind of thing yeah i'm just a friendly neighborhood spider-man bitch please you've been to space what do you want peter all right the time has come for us to rate the movie on the ghost scale i'll go first and i will say that uh i thought this movie was a must watch it was really fun. It, I imagine at this point, if you, you know, have any interest in the Marvel movies, you saw Endgame, you're familiar with the events of it. So there's really no reason not to go see this new one. It's a great movie. The characters are great. It's, you know, clearing the way for the MCU to move in a new direction. 
it's a must watch for me. Go ahead, John. It's going to be a day one purchase for me. And uh, I think there have been some I think it's one of the best MC movies to come out in a while. I think it's better than Captain Marvel. I know we probably shouldn't compare them, but I think it's a better movie than that. Um, I, I think I don't know if it's better than Endgame or Infinity War. I'll just sort of table those for a bit. But th- um, it's a great movie and uh, day one purchase for me. It continues things. And I really do think it wraps up um, the first phase of the MCU really well to a point. But such a button and Endgame put such a button on the end that I, I think if the movies stopped and the and the MCU stopped now, I'd be fine with that. I think what we've got for the last 10 years is that good. You know, I don't I think anywhere they go from here, if it's worse, uh, could be bad. But it clear they're never going to stop because ain't stop that cash machine. But I definitely and I definitely think that everything they're talking about, minus the Black Widow movie, which I do not understand that um, is uh, is really weird. The Eternal Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange, Thor, Love, like that's cool. Like that's it's all going to be uh, it's not just what you would expect. It's not Avengers five. You know, it's not uh, it's not Black Panther 2, which I figured they would have done really fast, frankly, based on how popular that was. But they're not seem to be rushing for all the sequels. So it's really interesting. But yeah, um, Spider-Man Far From Home. It's a rad movie and it's a day one purchase for me. Go ahead, Travis. Uh, I'm going to say that it is it's barely a must watch. Um, It's not as must watch as a lot of the other movies in the series. But I think you could just stop at Endgame and say, all right, the MCU is done. I'm never going to watch anything else and be satisfied. And even though I felt like this was a great movie to follow it up, um, I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit of fatigue on them. I mean, I'm going to be in no matter what they do because they're all, they've all been great, but the luster is falling a little bit with each one. Um, but this one still, it had everything that it needed to have. It was a must watch, but, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the now superhero that, fatigue setting in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe now that they've gotten to the like big end of the big story that they can start doing more interesting things to keep me interested. Here's but, a question yeah. for both of you. Let's imagine that Black Widow is the absolute boringest thing it could be, right? Which is just a prequel spy movie origin story. Are you watching that in a theater? Because yeah, that would not. be very different from anything they've ever done. And I would love it. Like, I don't really? understand. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a spy movie. That's great. <laughs> I love spy movies. Yeah, but it's going to be an MCU spy movie. So it's not really going to be a spy movie, right? It's going to be more of an MCU prequel spy movie thing. I just don't know if I'm in on that. I, I don't know. I don't know hmm. if it's bonkers in somewhere better. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess the only the thing that we have that's the closest would be Captain America Winter Soldier. Right. Yeah, probably. And it could be better than that or it could be just as good. I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't know. I guess I've seen it. I, we'll see where it's at. If it again, if it does something really crazy, then I'll, I'll watch it. But this is the first MCU movie where I'm kind of like, I don't get I don't get it. You know, so for me, the fatigue is real, I think. Um, I mean, at this point, the MCU has been so consistently good. I'll probably still try and make a point to go see everything in the theater when I can. But if I miss the uh, Black Widow movie and have to wait for it to come out on disc, I probably won't be heartbroken because, again, we know it's going to be probably a prequel. And uh, so, you know, you more or less know how it's going to (laughs) end. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm just on board for now. I'm still enjoying the movies. 
I'm going to keep going out and seeing them when I can. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening.